Welcome to Career Tools. Today's topic, the eight-minute rule. Here we go. One of the things I always struggled with a long time ago in my career was when to arrive for an interview, right? I mean, if you arrive too early, right, and you and you run into the interviewer and she's not ready and then she's feeling flustered and hurried by your arrival and feels like she's got to entertain you in the, right. in, in the 15 minutes before the interview, right? That, that doesn't, you know, intuitively that doesn't sound good, right? That can't be a good start. And then, of course, if you, if you arrive too close to the interview time, you know, now they're worried about whether you're going to show up or not, and they start right. to worry. And again, in both cases, I've started the interview off poorly, mentally. At least the interviewer's not in a good place for me. And I, so I really struggled a lot with when I should show up. Yeah, I think there are two schools of thought here on this generally in the popular culture. One is you can't be too early. In other words, go an hour early just to show them you're totally ready and prepared right. and everything. Unfortunately, there's a negative associated with that, which you alluded to, which it irritates people or they, they, they have to walk by you for 45 minutes back and forth during their day, knowing that you're waiting to interview with them. Right. And I'm probably going to irritate them already. So I don't want to add <laughs> pile on there. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, well, you know, if I'm late, it's, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world kind of thing. Or if I rush and I make it on time in the last minute and I, I work wherever I'm working and then at the last minute rush over there and I start the interview out of breath or whatever or not prepared. Well, that's okay too, as long as I'm on time. Both of those are bad, <laughs> are bad choices. And look, the fact is it matters. One of the core ideas of interviewing is to have the interviewer like you. Now, we don't teach liking exactly, but the fact is interviewers won't choose to take you to the next step or give you an offer if they don't like you. What we know is one of the ways they choose whether or not they like you is whether or not you make their life easier. So therefore, the opposite of that is let's not make their life harder. And that means being on time and being on time in this case, believe it or not, means not too early and, and of course, not late. So the perfect time, that's where the eight minute rule comes from. I bet some people are wondering. The fact is the perfect time is eight minutes before your interview. And look, it's not hard. You know, for those of you who are high D's who think, you know, I go on too long about points. Uh, there's your rule, eight minutes early. If you want to know the details, we have four points today. Arrive eight minutes early, prepare beforehand, take into account security, something that people seem to forget. And then, of course, you've got to plan for Murphy's Law as well. Okay. So arrive eight minutes early. Well, it's pretty clear what, what our, our recommendation is here, but of course there's some, probably some rationale behind eight minutes. So why don't you tell me what that is? Yeah. You, look, you time your arrival so that you're in reception and that means through security. We don't mean downstairs in the lobby, but in reception, the place where you're going to be interviewed at eight minutes before your interview. If you're sent to the interview room and the door is shut Right. In other words, if you walk up down a hallway and they say, go to that interview room B or whatever, and the door is shut for the interview, assume the previous interview is going on and wait outside for eight minutes. Now, if you were seven minutes early, okay, don't wait eight minutes. You knock at the appropriate <laughs> time. You knock assertively on the door at the appropriate time if, in fact, it was closed. And, and look, the reason is, as we've already alluded to, the reason it's eight minutes is 10 minutes or more is too early. Okay. Candidates who arrive tend to see each other in reception. 
And even though the other person is not necessarily your competition, the moment's uncomfortable, the interviewer is invariably not ready. Uh, they've just come from another meeting. They've just arrived at work. We'd love to tell you that all interviewers spend 30 minutes before an interview preparing, but it's just not so. Really? Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> In most cases, it's 15 minutes or less. And the real word there is probably less. That's one of the reasons why we believe that interviewing is another one of those uh, uh, manager tools and career tools ideas, which is in the land of the blind, the one-eyed person is king or queen. You just have to be better than everybody else to have a competitive advantage. And if you arrive too early, you cut into their preparation time, particularly if there's no waiting room. If they say, oh, good, you're, you know, it's just going to be in a few minutes. Why don't you walk down and hang around by the cubes? And then you end up sitting, leaning up against the wall in a hallway, waiting for the manager who is on the phone, finishing up a conference call or something. And she sees you there and she's like, oh, great. You know, I don't want to have this conversation with some, in front of somebody who doesn't work for us. And so now I have to chat with them and maybe I'll say no to them. And so now I've got to spend more time with somebody I want to say no to. So. Don't get there too early. Get rid of the idea that somehow if they have less time to prepare, that somehow you're going to be able to pull one over on them or you're yeah, yeah, somehow yeah, yeah. going to be better because they're less prepared. That is not The less experience. prepared a manager is, the harder it is to get hired by them. Simple as that. Now, I suppose there are exceptions where managers who just, you know, pull it out at the last minute and say, I like this guy. I think we'll hire him. Right. But nowadays, I don't, I don't think too many managers do that. No. And look, the other side of the coin is less than eight minutes beforehand is too close. Uh, a former boss of Wendy used to tell her that a start time of nine o'clock didn't mean you could arrive at nine. It meant you had to be at your desk, your computer booted up, first cup of coffee poured. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't arrive at work at nine o'clock and then do 15 minutes of personal housekeeping, which in fact could have been done in advance. Your brain needs to be ready to work and all of your housekeeping needs to be done beforehand. And if you arrive less than eight minutes before your interview, you don't have any time to do the, the tasks which come up. Maybe you have to fill in paperwork. Maybe you have to have your picture taken. Maybe you have to complete an exercise. You essentially have, if, if you arrive in less than eight minutes, no contingency for there being a long line in reception. The receptionist taking a couple of minutes to locate somebody doesn't have the person's cell phone and all she could do was leave a voicemail. And now suddenly the person, you don't know that the person who's interviewing you knows even that you're in reception. And, and completely not your fault, and you're in trouble. You're starting off the Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whose fault it is, right? They don't know. I mean, and, and you could say, well, I need to get there an hour before. But but then on, in that case, Murphy says, okay, they'll call, and the person will be at their desk. And why is he here an hour early? Doesn't he have a job? Doesn't he have anything else to do? That's weird. So look, eight minutes gives you enough time for some of these unforeseen events and still to be at the interview room or in the manager's office or cube or whatever before the start of your interview. And look, I hate to say it in today's digital world, but it allows for the contingency of your clock not matching the recruiters or the interviewers. Right now, my desktop clock says it's 1213. My iPhone um, says it's 1214. Uh, and I'm betting my iPad is not exactly right. I mean, you know, it could be. Despite the fact that we'd hope that Apple would send all the same time to all these devices or AT&T would, here I am in the US, there's discrepancies. Who knows what time the interviewer has? This is less of a problem than it used to be, but still, there are discrepancies. Eight minutes early is enough contingency to take most of the discrepancies out of the equation. Right. Now, of course, uh, eight minutes early, the other side of that is, you know, eight minutes late is not the other side of the coin, right? You, you can't arrive late. Yeah, I suppose it's, yeah, there, there, there is too early, but but the definition of too late is 
one second. Not on time. <laughs> Not on time. And what's funny about that, though, is people think if I walk up and I'm there at 7.59 and 59, then, then that's okay. But that's not actually true. If a manager looks at their clock and it's one minute till and they look around for you and you're not there, and and when they finally see you 30 seconds before the set, the set time of the interview, they see you walking, they're going to ding you. I, I hate to say it. They're going to yeah, ding you. Don't you. Get, you don't get credit for being on time in that case. Right. They just, you, you pulled it out at the last minute. That's how, that's yeah, how you don't. Yeah, that. exactly. It's like, wow, this person. Now maybe you planned ahead and there were five unforeseen Murphy moments. Great. Okay. And the manager still says, Oof, you know, if she doesn't know there were any Murphy moments, then wow, that was lucky. You slid right in there. Look, we'll talk more about how to address the, the queuing theory that exists in terms of when you leave your house or when you leave the office or whatever, but leave an hour earlier than you think you need to and go ahead and get a coffee 300 yards away from the building so that you know how long it will take you to get the building. Build a buffer in there that you can be sitting at a Starbucks or at a Caribou Coffee or, or whatever in order to be sure that you're close enough that all of the travel issues that could come up, which we'll talk about later, won't come up at the last minute. There is no excuse for being late, which does not say to the recruiter or the interviewer or the hiring manager, I didn't plan ahead well enough. And that's not the first message you want them to be hearing. Yeah. But are you saying though, that interviewers are just so non-human that they don't understand reasonable things that could happen that were unforeseen? Like, you know, getting lost or <laughs> your child being sick or something like that. I mean, is yeah, it that's what I like doing. I like going around telling a whole class of people in the world, <laughs> calling them non-human. Oh. No, look, if there are a hundred people that want the job and interviewing is, is never, you did good on one thing. So therefore you're going to hire, we're going to hire you. Rather it is either the death or the win of a thousand cuts then by definition, they're, I mean, look, interviewing is designed to keep people out. It is an artificial reality created by companies to keep people out. And the default answer is always no. If we don't know enough to say yes, we say no. And we don't go looking for reasons to say yes. We look for reasons to say no. If they haven't even listened to your interview answers yet, which hopefully you're well prepared for, and you're giving them reasons to say no, you're digging a hole you can't get out of. If you say to them, I got lost, they're going to say, well, you didn't plan ahead enough and you didn't drive the route in preparation. And this, if this is important to you and here you are telling me it's so important to you, why didn't you do the work? And frankly, if we assign you work that's important, but you don't prepare and you don't uh, do some contingency planning, why would we want to hire a person like that other than for just the barest menial labor? Uh, if you say I got stuck in traffic again, I didn't leave early enough is what you're saying. The train didn't run. Well, you know, again, I didn't leave early enough to be aware that there's a possibility that any given train on any given schedule might be out of service. You know, my childminder or my nanny is sick. Well, okay, I didn't, you know, I, I live my life without contingency plans, not good for any kind of professional position. You know, my husband, my husband had to take the car. Okay, again, <laughs> contingency planning, not, not there, a sign of you lacking contingency planning, which if you're going to be a manager, frankly, or if you're going to be a, a professional, those contingency planning is a part of those people's lives. You know, if you're a lady and you ripped your hose on the way out of the door and they, you want to chuckle about it. Again, I didn't leave any time to take care of emergencies, which happen all the time. There is no excuse for being late, which, did, which does not say in the recruiter's mind, this person didn't plan ahead well enough. It's that simple. Yeah, pretty simple. Don't be late. Look, if you're late to an interview with me, you could almost not come. Of course, that would that would be even worse, not coming. 
but you can safely assume that I'm not going to be excited. And I have to start in neutral to have a chance at being excited at the end of a tough interview. So if I start not excited, you might get me to neutral at the end of a of an interview. And if I'm in neutral at the end of an interview, I say no. Right. I assume we've said this um, several times on the podcast, right? We're both former Army officers. And one of our sayings was, the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in war, right? And so preparation is um, pretty important. Um, and, you know, some folks, I think, make the mistake of thinking of job hunting as being a popularity contest. <laughs> it's not a popularity contest. It's a competition, right? Yeah. The hiring manager, you said earlier, is looking for reasons to say no. Not trying to say yes, is looking for reasons to say no. And those who do best during a transition period are those who work hardest. Yeah. And working hard is preparing. It's preparation. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Look, there's a whole series of, of recommendations we'll make on preparing for interviews, answering questions, practical stuff around. Well, that. That's all in the future. But but for this cast, we're going to concentrate on the preparation around arriving on time. And there's two parts to do this. One is before the day of the interview, and the other is on the day of the interview. Look, folks, before the interview, make the journey to the interview address at least once from where you will be coming on the day of the interview. If it's in a hotel or another building you know, still. Preferably also at the same time that you'll be arriving. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good point. Yeah, good point. In fact, I just noticed recently on Google Maps that you can, uh, this may have been out for a long time. I'm sorry, folks. I don't keep up with all, all the latest hints and tricks of everything, but but I just noticed that on Google Maps, you can actually say, what is the traffic light at, like at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. or 2 p.m. In, in major metropolises, which I thought was brilliant, right? Seeing the traffic at 10 o'clock at night is not helpful. It's the next morning that might be um, helpful. Now, yeah, now and folks, and folks I'm not just suggesting, to be sure, and Mark's not yeah, suggesting yeah, that I know Google what you're Maps saying. is not We're a not substitute for actually yeah. driving it. There is no digital preparation here. That I mean, look, nothing wrong with it. Look at the data, right? And then drive the route. Yeah. Um, yeah, because looking at Google uh, is not uh, sweat, <laughs> right? And I suspect Ask.com and others have the very same uh, uh, serves Yahoo Maps and so on and, and uh, MapQuest and so on. Look, you still make the journey even if it's a building you know. Even if you know the building, you may not know where the parking is. You may not ha know how to get the last 200 yards from the train station to the building. You may not know how to get from the parking upstairs and across the street. That's true in airports I go to. I've been to the airport before, but I've never flown into a particular terminal. And the terminals are all different. And you don't know where the cab line is. You know, as Mike said, make the journey the time you need to leave. Traffic, public transport conditions can be very different at different times of the day. How many parking spaces are there? I'll never forget a guy who was driving around at the back of the parking lot. And, and I was with him. Uh, we were going to see, a, a, not a client, but a, but a vendor, if you will, of sort of a partner in a effort we were making. And he drove around for a couple minutes and said, let's go right to the front of the, the, the parking lot. And he turned to me and he just ripped my head off. He says, well, why would it be parking lot of spaces at the front if, if in fact there are no parking spaces at the back? I said, because maybe there are visitor spots. And sure enough, there were. You know, look, if, if it's going to be difficult to find a spot, you need to add some time for that. Okay. And then once you're there, look at the building, assess the presence of the company. Small companies are not likely to have their own security or receptionist. But they may have to deal with a building security or receptionist, which who is even less motivated to help you. Uh, and they may have no security or no receptionist, and that might be good. But you need to know that. The worst thing in the world is to almost leave enough time. Just being thinking through, if you just sit at home and think this through, and you end up 
in front of the building and then go, oh my God, there's a line at security. It's eight o'clock. Maybe you didn't, you didn't really pay attention when the company said we do all of our interviews on Wednesday. You're there on Wednesday and there's a line at reception. Now you're there 20 minutes early, but you've never seen this line. You don't know how fast that receptionist works. You don't know how fast that security guy works. You don't know whether the printer's going to break down or not. And suddenly you're sweating. And, and to me, that sweating, that anxiety is a, it, it can, can be, it's not is, it can be a death knell for the rest of your interview, right? Because now you feel out of control. Now you're nervous. Now something that you would describe as out of your control, not true, was in your control if you'd have done what we recommended, is affecting your ability to interview well in 30 minutes. Um, you start off with a negative mindset and panicky a little bit about, oh my gosh, I'm going to be late rather than thinking, okay, what are my three key points? That's the issue, right? You're, you're going from a potential positive to a known negative that you could have avoided. So yeah. And, and you know, obviously smaller buildings, not as much security, bigger buildings, more security uh, and receptionists. I remember we were in London once for a client delivering um, some training and uh, we thought the security seemed quite significant for the building we were going into until we realized we got to the top floor where we were conducting the training for some fairly senior people in the company. And the reason why security was important was because you could look across and I hate to say this, but you could easily have done something dangerous to Buckingham Palace from, from where we were. It had a clear view of the palace, which is, you know, those are the kind of things that you don't know unless you do some advanced prep. Do some advanced work. Yeah. Yeah. Look, if there's a receptionist, if you're at a larger building, the day before or the week before, go speak to the receptionist. Tell me you have an interview. Check out you're in the right place. Find how long security takes, what has to happen, right? I promise you some reception person is going to say, pretty smart, dude. There was a dude in here last week and he totally hosed it up. He was late and he was panicky. He was in my face and sorry, but his lack of preparation does not create a sense of urgency on my part because I got a bunch of other people I got to worry about. And tomorrow that guy's gone, but the next day my boss is still going to be here. Look, in most buildings, it's only a few minutes, but in government buildings, in multinational buildings, in certain physical locations, a la Buckingham Palace, there can be screening comparable with that at the airport, right? Whatever the time taken for security is, add it to your eight minutes. And look, if it's a 40-floor building, it's going to take three or four minutes to get up in the elevator, particularly if you're there at eight in the morning and you got a bank of elevators and there's 50 other people there, then so you're going to get the milk run going up that building. You want to be finished with security before those eight minutes, the eight minutes prior. Okay, but now let's go on the day of the interview. Add, you've got to add the journey time. You've got to add the parking time, the walking time, the security time, and eight minutes and, and subtract all of that, that sum from your interview time. So if the journey takes 30 minutes, parking looks tricky and you're going to add 10 minutes, there's no security. You need to leave your house at least 48 minutes before your interview. Add at least 30 minutes as contingency and, and more if your journey is complicated or if you're relying on public transport or if it's rush hour. Yeah. All that stuff matters. Yeah. Preparation. <laughs> Figure that out ahead of yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't get there two minutes beforehand and know you're in trouble already. So Right. Yeah. That, that panicky feeling. I bet you every single person listening to this cast, I mean, tens of thousands of people listen to this cast and- they're like, yep, I felt that, right? You think you're pretty well on time and then suddenly something happens in reception or security or can't get that person on the phone. Every single light is red and suddenly your heart is beating a little bit faster. And again, it's the combination of negative thinking and the absence of positive preparatory thinking about what you're going to do in the interview. And suddenly you're in a pickle. Absolutely. 
Now, our third point, take account of security. You've talked a little bit about yeah. that already. Do you have anything to add there? or did we? Yeah, look, um, we, we, we've already covered it, but it has become such an issue. We just reiterate the point a little bit here. Many people don't realize, folks, if you don't realize this, large companies, government organizations, nonprofits nowadays are security targets. They often have extensive security protection. In cases we've experienced, your name has to be on the visitors list for that day. And by the way, when you're doing logistics for the company, ask them that you can ask them a month in advance or two weeks in advance of the interview. Does my name need to be in security? Who do I ask for? Is there different security for the building rather than for the company? Okay. Some buildings will photocopy your ID. Check to make sure you have your ID. Okay. In many places, you can't leave reception without being escorted. If you're going to get there at eight in the morning and you need an escort, you better be there early enough to address the fact that they may not have enough escorts for everybody. Nearly everybody requires that you complete a visitor form and you have a temporary badge. Some of them even have your photograph on them. And they look pretty fancy for something that prints out in like five seconds. All this technology is great, but it slows you down. In some larger sites, you can't even drive your own car. You, I mean, the building's a mile away from reception and you've got to consider that as well. You have to wait for a driver or a bus or a shuttle to take you. Again, all this security can add time. Don't be standing in reception, tapping your fingers, waiting for the security guard to do whatever he's doing and stressing out. That's the issue, stressing out right before your interview. Find out what your procedures are, how long they'll take before you go to the interview. And that's not enough. You also got to plan for Murphy's Law because sure enough, you know, if something can go wrong, it is going to go wrong on the morning of the most important interview of your entire life, right? That's just the way it works. Yeah. I remember the first time I was, somebody said the Murphy's Law of the Kitchen. And I, I chuckled because, of course, there's a billion Murphy's Laws. And it was, if you drop toast, it will always fall buttered <laughs> side <laughs> down. Yeah. <laughs> I just, oh, I love that. And look, by the way, there are some of you who will listen to what we're about to say and say, oh, that means I should be there an hour before. No, no, you have to have Murphy planning involved, but that doesn't mean you get to be there an hour before and then your Murphy planning makes you feel so good about things only to discover later that it irritated the recruiter. So there's some subtlety here, but, but look, Murphy's been around a long time and you know, the problem with expecting the unexpected is that, oh yeah, it's unexpected, but even though it's hard to add a contingency for something we don't know is going to happen, the fact is there are some things that are reasonable to expect of people who are going to be interviewed. Look, Wendy and I have interviewed a lot of people, and Mike, you have too. You know, there was snow, there was an accident, there was, you fell down the stairs, your kids are sick, your parents are leaving the hospital, school's closing for the day, managers demanding their current employees come to a mandatory meeting, right? Oops. Cars, trains, buses, aircraft breaking down, right? Um, confusion about the time zone, <laughs> season changes, police actions, demonstrations, construction. And all of this can happen, and you've got to still leave enough time to make sure Murphy doesn't keep you from meeting your eight-minute rule. And by the way, let, let's take it a step further. If you have a good reason for being delayed, don't let it stop you. Um, last year in the UK, there was a major snowstorm overnight. Wendy had a candidate due to arrive at 10 a.m. At 9 a.m., the hiring manager called to say he couldn't get to the office. His 4 by 4 was stuck at the bottom of the hill outside his house. So significant weather. Wendy called the candidate. He told her he just got on the first train out of his station. He'd been waiting two hours in sub-zero temperatures, knowing full well that there'll be limited number of trains, and he wasn't sure which one would work, but he got there extra early so he would get on the earliest one he possibly could. 
And look, if he'd carried on with the journey that he had to get into central London, he'd have been on time on a day when all of London and the UK basically ground to a halt. Yeah, the interview was canceled. and It was reheld later in the week. But he had major kudos, major cool points for attempting to get the interview. And look, he was smart. He had excellent knowledge. Uh, he, you know, he presented well. But the fact is, his efforts to get to the interview caused the interviewers to love him in advance. What's wrong with being loved in advance to start an interview? Yeah. It reminds me of a story I heard. I don't know if this is true. You might actually know better than than me. But these, this recruiting firm that I used one time, the story was that one of the owners was uh, had a conference in Chicago she was going to. The weather was terrible. All the roads are blocked. And she literally rented a, a tractor or a bulldozer or something, some big piece of machinery to get to the conference in time. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I, I am, uh, you know, those, those premium members, um, you know, the thousands of people who subscribe to premium content get a weekly note from me called Things I Think I Think. We have stuff in there, uh, uh, you know, just thoughts I have that might not be big enough for a podcast, recommendations, experiences I've had that are more, that might be more timely than timeless, um, that are helpful for people. We get a lot of positive response from, and things I think I think is, is, is based on, uh, is the title of a part of a column by a guy who I really admire his writing style, Peter King, who writes about American football. And Peter King tells stories all the time about travel and people willing to help. And, you know, he, he got to New York. He couldn't get home to Boston and nothing could be done. And, you know, a guy offered him a ride. And, and that guy is, is enshrined in Peter King's Hall of Fame for, you know, figuring out how to do it, you know, for, for offering to help and allowing Peter to get where he needed to go. And the question becomes, how hard are you willing to work? I once, it, it's an hour from my house to the airport. And if you'll remember a number of years ago, Mike, we had a client in Hartford, Connecticut that I had to go to every month for a couple of days. And uh, it was January. This is probably four or five years ago. And the weather was awful. And I, at like four in the morning, I called the car service and said, look, don't come. I mean, this is bad. I mean, the ice on the interstate and everything really, really bad. I'll call the client. It will literally be the first time I ever didn't make it to a client. And the limo company said, driver's within 15 minutes of your house, sir. Now, I was ready. And so I said, okay, we'll try it. He came early knowing full well how long it would take. We were the only car for 40 miles on Interstate 10 in the United States, which is which is for those of you Brits, it's motorway and it's big. And, and there, we were the only car on it for 40 miles. We got there before they closed the interstate. I think it was actually closed and we drove around it. And we got there. And because the weather was bad, but but it was bad for the roads, but not for the air, I was able to fly out and I was able to get there. And and they the client assumed I wasn't coming. Now, I if I remember right, I think I tipped that driver like $300 when in fact, the, the cost of the drive was 150 or something. I tipped him all the cash in my wallet and it took four hours to go 50 miles. You know, we went 15 miles an hour on the interstate and we slipped and slid the whole, slipped and slided, slid the whole way. So it can be done. Yeah. So you do these things. You, the interviewer may not tip you $300, but yeah. <laughs> you may end up getting the job. That'd be good. Yeah. So there is some Murphy law and you got to consider it. And, and so just wrapping up, the rule is eight minutes early, not 15. 15 is too much. 10 is even too much. Eight is a way to remember it easily. Not just 10 minutes as, oh, 10 is a rough thing, but eight minutes early. That's Wendy's guidance. 
you got to get prepared beforehand. There's stuff to do the day, you know, before, before the day of the event. And then there's stuff to do the day of the event. You've got to consider security. It's becoming, it's become a, a given now. 10 years ago, it was not. And you got to consider Murphy. And we'd love, by the way, we'd love to hear stories of people who, who Murphy bit. Maybe you survived it. Maybe you didn't, but it's okay to not survive Murphy every once in a while. It's not okay to repeatedly get bit by Murphy and to say, well, Murphy doesn't really exist because he does. You know, the fact is the right time to arrive at an interview is something very few people know. And it's eight minutes before and uh, you take into account the right things and you'll have a better chance of your interviews turning out the way you want them to. Good. All right, my friend. Thank you. Thanks, partner. All right. Thanks, everyone. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it and got value out of it. We'll see you again next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.